Hey. hey. You're listening to Avid Research. Avid Research. Avid Research. An Australian STEM podcast. Where we answer the questions you never quite got around to asking. Hey team, welcome to Avid Research again. I'm your host, Amelia, and today I'm pretty excited to introduce a very cool guest we've got on the show. Her name's Casey, and she is a program facilitator at the Ballarat Tech School. Welcome to the podcast, Casey. Oh, hi, Amelia. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's already a pleasure having you. I was wondering if you could start by telling us a little bit about what on earth your job is. (laughs) Sure. So um, I'm one of the program facilitators at the Ballarat Tech School and I create educational game programs to show students a bit of an early pathway into the games, animation and basically the tech, tech industry. So when we're talking about games, I'm assuming we're not talking about tabletop games here. No, these are all digital games. So video games, things like Fortnite, Call of Duty, any any sort of games that you can play. It's basically what, what I do. That sounds pretty awesome. I imagine you don't have too much trouble getting <laughs> kids interested in that one. <laughs> no, actually, uh, I, my classes are pretty pretty booked out. Congratulations. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what it's like teaching young people about computer games. It sounds like something most young people would probably be pretty switched on to already. Do you actually need to teach them anything? Well, uh, actually, sometimes they actually teach me things um, that I've never thought about before, which is really cool. Um, I really enjoy teaching newbie skills in games. They're they're excited and eager to see how it's done. You also get to see their creative flair come out um, because they're the ones in charge and they're the ones who have a vision of what they want to create. So really, I just help them structure their idea and show them how to build it in an engine. So we use Epic Games Unreal Engine or UE4 for short, and they're the creators of Fortnite. And I also love giving students who've never thought about a career in the games industry an opportunity to have a sneak peek of things that you can do. So, you know, it could be from building video games, animations, 3D modeling, 2D animations, like programming. There are just so many different pathways in the game industry, you never know where your skills could lead you. Okay, so we're taking something that a lot of young people are already interested in, which is computer games, and you're showing a bit sort of behind the scenes of how they can create their own, how they can be involved in industry and the opportunities that are available in the industry. Would that be sort of like a fair summary? Yeah, that's a great summary. Thanks. I'm pretty good at summaries. So it sounds like it. it's like, quite an interesting job there's a lot of creativity it sort of sounds like a digital kind of art in a lot of ways what does an average day at work look like for you how do you teach a young person about computer games oh well I'll try not to make it too uh too elaborate but an average day before COVID was to make sure all the hardware was connected that it was working and it was turned on. Then I'd have to wait for the students to arrive, welcome them, get them all settled into their lockers. And then the most exciting thing happens, I get to take them into my VR room. Now, I don't want to brag, but I've not met anyone who hasn't loved that room. There's there's so many little goodies in it. We've got like large screens, we've got old school game consoles and some really nifty Oculus headsets. So it's basically the room full of cool stuff. So people get really excited when they see it. I'd then go through a bit of a plan. So what they're expected to do for the day, the kind of goals and outcomes, some health and safety around being inside VR. Um, and then I would do a live UE4 presentation. So I would be at the 
front of the class and basically show them how to use UE4, how to navigate the tools and everything that's involved with basically building their own level. And then they go off to their own computers and they'll sit down, they'll start to create and design their own video game level. I then like to work my way around the room to each student because I really think that having a bit of one-on-one time is really important. And then I help answer as many questions as I possibly can when they need it. So I kind of leave them to their own devices and I run up and down the room just to make sure that everybody is able to create something, that they're able to import something, that they're able to animate something. And then at the end of the day, students, I feel they really enjoy the class. Like I, I deliver and usually have, they usually have thousands of questions at the end of it, uh, whether it's what's my favorite game or um, can I have the gamer tags or anything like that, anything game related that they're usually thrown at me. Uh, COVID has changed the way uh, the tech school runs some of their programs. However, luckily, most of the programs can be transitioned online. So I've actually just finished an eight-week 2D side-scroller program where students create their own 2D game from start to finish. Uh, So I've provided all the assets they need, um, and I'm available online if students get stuck or have any other questions. But so far, we've had a really great response from that. Um, And hopefully, I'll be able to create some more online programs should COVID continue or persist. That sounds pretty fantastic. So even though a lot of our students at the moment here in Australia, they're kind of stuck at home and they're undergoing this giant remote learning experiment, which is currently going on, they're still able to design and build their own computer game with your instructions. How, how is that possible? Like, is is the software that they're using, like, free? Oh, yeah. UE4 um, is really great to their developers. Uh, it is a completely free-to-use platform. Uh, you just sign up with an email and a password. You download it. There is so many different t- tutorials that you can check out and watch online. Um, they've got a really great Facebook community as well. We actually use a a portal through the tech school for this particular program, but there would be there's so much online learning through epic games themselves that you could easily jump online and learn more about coding or learn more about animations and you know how to start your own game and I think that's sort of like a really important thing to highlight is that game making isn't just about making cool assets and making cool digital things but there's also a huge amount of coding that goes on behind it and that can link into a quite a range of careers yes yeah coding is one of the biggest if not most sought after skills um, in the games industry. You could have the best artwork or the best design layout, but if you can't code it, uh, you'll have to find someone else to code it for you, or which can be a little bit tricky. So if you can get have basic coding skills is really great. It's a good skill to have. Yeah, it's a good skill for a whole lot of industries. And it sounds like this kind of course where we're, uh, I guess, sort of like coding can seem a little bit overwhelming or it can seem a bit dry for a lot of students by turning it into something that you do with games like that's definitely the spoonful of sugar helping the medicine go down I would imagine <laughs> yeah we use um uh, UE4 has a really great way of coding we use blueprinting and it's essentially kind of like block coding so the engine is pretty user-friendly if you're looking for a certain asset or variable to build on it'll actually give you like suggestions and there's just so much documentation that you can learn so much about it it's pretty fascinating once you really dive into it and there's nothing more satisfying than finally working out that bit of code 
and having it work correctly. It's there's no better feeling. <laughs> <laughs> the relief, the relief. <laughs> yes, the relief that there's not a bug. We fixed it. Yeah. Good, good little bit, bit of bug squishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the skills that you need to do your job? It sounds like it's not just games, but there's also quite a lot of like teaching and communication skills that you need to have developed. There is. And believe it or not, uh, there wasn't actually a game design job role or anything in Ballarat a couple of years ago. And I just finished doing a few things in Melbourne when I was approached through some of my contacts to the tech school. And as an industry professional, I was offered a job to create game programs. But as far as skill development, you like I've tried so many different career paths um, before I knew gaming was my was like my calling. So I tried hairdressing, massage therapy, dental assistant, and I was a tattoo artist. Like the list just goes on and on. But I was really good at playing games. And then one night while I was playing Darksiders, I thought about how the game came to be. And that's when I started looking into games. And it took me on this crazy, unexpected, but amazing journey that I wouldn't change. So I went to an AIE, which is the Academy of Interactive Entertainment Open Day down in Melbourne, because again, back in like 2016, there was no game classes here. Uh, So I went down to Melbourne and I was just, I was so in awe of everything that was going on there. I like, I signed up on the day. I was like, no, that's it. I'm signed me up right now. Um, But because I wasn't from Melbourne and I wasn't like old enough to travel all that time to Melbourne, I ended up studying online through their Canberra campus, which is where I met a lot of really cool industry professionals, including my teacher, Pete or Chowney. And I got in with little skills, like I wasn't sure what I wanted to major in. Did I want to concentrate on art or did I want to do coding or, you know, animation? Like they had so many different, different cool things. And I all, and I just wanted to learn them all at the same time, like as fast as I could. So in the end, I did a design course, which covered a bit of all the basics on all of those things. Uh, So I, I really did learn a lot. From there, I kind of did a lot of self learning. So I read a lot. I watched a lot of YouTube tutorials. Um, if there was any UE4 dev days down in Melbourne or online, I would, you know, try and make an effort to go to these. Then it kind of transferred into the skills at the tech school, which came in handy. So I did game design, do programming, I do art, I do animation, uh, I do sound, I do virtual reality, program scheduling, time management is a new one. <laughs> entertainment and um, sharing just my knowledge on how to use the game engines and the best software to use. A lot of these skills I was already from AIE had already gained and then learning all these new things for the tech school, like program structure and all this documentation because I was so used to creating what I was, you know, learning that putting it on paper was like, what is this? This is so foreign. Um, But I got there in the end. And yes, I suppose like the Canberra campus kickstarted my career and helped me really to where I am today at the tech school. And then even after all these years, like my te- my old teacher, Chani, you know, we've become friends and he still helps me out to this day. So if I'm ever stuck with a gaming inquiry, um, I'll shoot him a message and we kind of get through it from there. But if anyone is looking to get into the games industry, I definitely check out AIE online. Or if they're in Melbourne, check out the campus. It's like right in the centre. You can't miss it. 
Fantastic. It's sort of, it doesn't sound like you took a very direct path at all. (laughs) (laughs) No, nope. (laughs) Which I think is a good thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I definitely think so. I uh, I didn't finish high school or anything like that. Like back in the day, as long as I had a full-time job, I was, you know, I was okay to leave high school. So I did. And then, yeah, went on that different pathway of all those different careers. And I tried so many different things and I just kept coming back to games. And yeah, then I just, I don't want to say like fell into the role, but I kind of created the role slash fell into it, <laughs> if I can say that. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's something that is really not talked about in a lot of careers things is that often the job that you are going to really enjoy doesn't necessarily exist and you need to do some legwork to actually make people realize that they should be paying you to do this thing and often they don't even know that thing exists yet and it's through like your communication of how awesome you are and the value that you can provide that you can actually create your own awesome job. Yeah, which is pretty awesome when you think about it. <laughs> it's cool. It's a lot of effort though, and it's frustrating not being able to like look through a brochure and see, mm-hmm. oh, there's that job that I want. Like yep. you have to actually make the job. Yeah. I didn't have to compete with anybody, so that was also a bonus. <laughs> there was no other, you know, people trying to apply for the job that I was after. I, I just kinda made it my own. Made it happen. Congratulations for doing that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So you said you didn't finish school and obviously that hasn't held you back, which is always awesome to hear because there's so many alternative pathways out there. Was there anything that you learned while you're at school that's been valuable now or is there something you wish you'd learned at school or wish you'd been paying attention at at school that would be useful now? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely think the paying attention part. uh, (laughs) uh, Look, I think I was a bit of a dreamer at school. It was like it's so long ago. Wow. I remember I really enjoyed like all the IT classes that we got to do. Although, you know, we had floppy disks at the time. That's how long ago it was. (laughs) But one of the things I wish I did stick to was maths. And I know that probably, you know, sounds, oh, you know, maths, but you know, I had a chance to do a math scholarship through ScienceWorks, um, which I in the end turned down because none of my friends at the time thought it was like cool to do. No, so that's so yeah. sad. I know, I know. It's that's the one thing I regret. Oh, going through high school, and like I do regret doing that because at high school you are still so flexible to learn things, and maths and physics play such a crucial role in the games industry. Uh, because games basically, you know, they run on code, which is mass. Just off the top of my head, a couple of really great movies uh, like Ready Player One or even like Wreck-It Ralph show how code influences a game. Um, and when you're playing any game, it basically sets the rules of what your character can and can't do. And then those actions follow like a chain of code in which we as the player then see on the screen. So you could have like the best level design, the best idea, the best story, But if you can't bring it to life, that's where you'll have to learn how to code yourself or try and find or hire someone to code for you, which can be not only time consuming, but also super expensive. That can place you in a pretty difficult situation. Um, So if you're still at high school, I really highly recommend learning, you know, the basics of programming. If your school offers any sort of coding, definitely do it while you're at high school because trying to learn it, you know, when when you're older and out of high school, 
and general life gets in the way, it's a little bit harder to do. So, and then at least if you've got the basics of programming, you can help yourself get your game where you want it to be. Yeah. Instead of being like kind of at the mercy of paying someone else, like it's better to be being paid than paying, right? Yes. So if you can learn to code. Do it. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Do it. Just do, do it. it. While you're young, <laughs> while your brain is like in the habit of soaking up new information, it'll be a lot easier. Yes. Oh, yes. It's not yes. impossible as you get older, but you, you're making your life just that little bit easier. And I just want to say thanks for giving a shout out to maths because honestly, like we talk about STEM all the time and something that I occasionally get quite frustrated about is STEM often just ends up translating into science and tech with engineering just sort of being like applied science and we just sort of go, yeah, we'll just forget about the math part. Um, <laughs> that stuff's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although it's so crucial. Like, honestly, I wish I could turn back the clock and, you know, go and do that um, math scholarship. And I just feel like I would understand code so much so much better if I knew all the algorithms and how physics were, you know, implied. It's just, yeah, it's so crucial. And it's also all to do with how you think about problems as well and having that kind of like it's a different kind of problem-solving mindset to be in. Yep, definitely. So I feel like you've kind of touched on this, but I want to get a really clear answer. What's something really, really cool about your work? Why do you get up in the morning, especially – during COVID where a lot of us are working from home and obviously you're teaching from home, what makes you still want to get up in the morning and do your job? (laughs) Well, I do love creating some cool stuff. So with the tech school, having the opportunity to share my skills with not only the students, but um, some teachers as well who have never even thought of games or, you know, they'll come to a class and then after it, they'll go, oh, you know, games could be so much more like you could use it in an English class or you could use it, um, you know, in a science class. Like there's so many different ways that people just get excited about it. And when you're excited about something, it's hard not to also get excited about it. And so having, you know, students get super excited because it was never like it was never there when I was going through high school. And I would have loved to have the opportunity to learn more about, you know, the game industry. So I had a bit more of a plan after high school. And I love being social, creative and coming up with new ideas. And you never know who you'll meet in a class. And this always surprises me, but it's it's so great. So uh, the loud ones in the class are usually quiet and the quiet ones usually find their element. So that's kind of a complete a bit of a head spin for some of the teachers because they'll come in and they'll say, oh, We have to, you know, keep an eye on such and such. They sometimes get a little bit distracted. And at the end of the day, they're the ones who, you know, the bell is gone for lunch and they're still working. And it's like, okay, who are you? And what have you done with this child? And then I want to be um, a positive influence and hopefully start them on their own exciting journey. Uh, You know, and you, you never know, they might end up pursuing a career in the games industry. And if they do, hopefully I'll see them at some events. I don't know, I just love getting up and being creative and connecting with people and talking to people about their ideas and you know what their vision is for their future like there's you can do so much in the tech space it's really only limited to your imagination and if I can open up you know students minds to the bigger picture like creating 
habitats for Mars or, you know, creating some really cool science fiction 3D models for the Marvel Universe or something like that. Like just seeing the, the look the look on their face, like, oh my gosh, that's actually a thing. It is because someone is doing that and you could do it too. And I think that you could do it too thing is so important. Like this is something that's accessible to a huge range of people, even if they're not academically inclined. Often this can be like the games. It sounds like they can be that kind of like little key that they needed to open up a whole universe of opportunities. Yeah, yeah. And if I can open a couple of doors for them or, you know, show them a different pathway to get there, it's it's a really great feeling. I'll bet. That sounds like a very solid reason for getting out of bed in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Plus you get to be the cool teacher, right? Oh, how many brownie points I have for being the cool teacher at the tech school. (laughs) You kind of touched on this with the maths thing and the coding thing, but is there any other, if there's some of your students out there listening to this, is there anything you'd like to encourage them to do or any advice you'd like to give young people? Well, definitely the maths and physics, but really practice is key. You know, be bold. Don't be afraid to challenge boundaries, especially when you're dealing with digital technologies. And if you can't see a path, create one. And I think especially in the technology space. Exactly. Just because the job doesn't exist today doesn't mean it won't exist tomorrow. The whole space is booming massively. It's where there's this huge amount of ideas and energy and money. And through all of that, there's going to be a lot of growth and a lot more opportunities and ones that we can't see now they'll be existing in a year or two years. Yeah, exactly. Now, let's just say there's some more mature people, maybe your age, who are listening in and they're like, oh, that sounds awesome. Like not just playing games, but also designing games and maybe even teaching other people about designing games. Or is there any opportunities for them? Um, Well, I definitely believe there will be opportunities for them. If If they are in a city where they've got a tech school, there's no reason why they couldn't approach the tech school and just say, hey, um, I actually build games. Um, do you have a game facilitator here? Um, and, you know, you sort of at least start a conversation with them, share your experience, you know, maybe offer some ideas of what programs you could deliver. If you're a secondary teacher or like a teacher going through uni, I'm not sure how many schools are hiring uni are hiring game teachers because usually it's something that you study at uni. Who knows? It might become a thing in the near future where like maths and English, there'll just automatically be a games class that you can go to as well. So you could always just approach local high schools um, and just have a chat with them, see if they're open to even after school programs that you could get involved in. You know, even at the uni There's no reason why you couldn't, you know, have a chat with them, see if they're open to, you know, the skills that you can deliver, even if you are only specifically delivering in uh, one field, like maybe you're just really good at programming or maybe you're really good at just the art side of things. If the university already have a game program, you might be able to feature as a special guest. So really just start having those conversations with uh, your community and your, your local high schools and tech schools and just see what comes out of it. Definitely sounds like an industry, well, A, where you can make your own opportunities, but also where it's really about having conversations. I imagine there could be some barriers, particularly with 
older teachers thinking that games is just art, just fluffing around playing games, but there's actually a huge amount of educational potential within the games and you might just need to sell people on that a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Before we get to wrapping up, is there anything else you'd like to share? If you haven't thought about a career in the games industry, it's definitely worth checking out because as a consumer, it's so easy to purchase games online or, you know, drop into an EB store and buy a game. But when you take a step back and really think about the process and all the different stages the game went through to get on that shelf, I guarantee it'll definitely change the way you think about games. Have you got a shout out for us today? Is there someone or a business that's maybe having a hard time or doing something cool that you'd like to give a virtual high five to? I do. Uh, but uh, can I be greedy and maybe have two shout outs? Just for you, Casey, just for you. Oh, <laughs> yes, amazing. Thank you. Oh, well, I would love to give a shout out to Sarah Moran from Girl Geek Academy. Her and her team are doing some incredible work. They've taught over 10,000 women to code and they continue to support women in the industry. And Michelle Mannering, aka the Hackathon Queen, uh, she's a superstar in the games, esports and entrepreneurial level. She's founded several tech companies and is considered one of Melbourne's biggest influencers. And they're both incredibly passionate people. I'm grateful to call them my friends. And I just love seeing them continue to kick their goals and bring joy to people through COVID. Fantastic. And honestly, today, I do not think I can top that. So I'm just going <laughs> to do a ditto and high five to both of those. And just to everyone who's currently working in the tech space, technology is what's currently, I guess, holding together a lot of our communities. And it's allowing things like this podcast to be recorded. So thanks to everyone who's continuing to work and make technology awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me, Amelia. It was really fun and I really enjoyed our chat. Uh, so stay safe and keep gaming. Pleasure. Thanks so much, Casey. And thanks to all our listeners. Cheers. If you like our podcast, you're a little ripper. And you should follow us on Instagram at avid underscore research. If you have a question or someone you think we should interview, feel free to drop us an email at avid.coms, C-O-M-M-S, at gmail.com because Avid Research was already taken. Mm-hmm.